This is the Sleeper Hold Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Sleeper Hole Podcast, where there's no disqualification on the topics and falls count anywhere. As always, I am your host, Priest, and we are once again having another prediction panel. This time, it is for WWE Payback. With me today, we have the analyst, Robert Leach. Yes, this is my fourth time on the Sleeper Hole Podcast prediction panel. Yep, and then we have a guy I've been looking forward to having in the panel for quite a while, he is the guy who has the inside scoop for PWA, it seems, all the time. This guy is none other than Billy Alexander. Well, it's not my fourth time on this podcast. It's my first time. So let me boast about being on here for the first time. Because someone always calls me or texts me or emails me or messages me or sends me a TPS report or whatever they have to do to try to get me to get on this podcast. Hey, if I- Billy Alexander's too busy do a lot of things anymore he's always around he's always everywhere and yes you are right i do have the inside scoop of pwa and i always will and if nobody likes it that's not my problem i say with how busy you are with pwa i'm not surprised it's hard to get a hold of you let's be honest here when it comes to needing to know something going on you're the guy i go to all right so i'm the guy that everybody goes to apparently (laughs) well hey when they know they're good resources they're going to take them so let's be serious here real quick. We're talking about Payback. It's really, to me, it's not one of the biggest shows, but it's a good little filler show. It gets the momentum going for the new year. Um, I, I think that this one's actually going to be pretty decent. Uh, first off, you know, we've got the whole thing with the McMahons. We've got a few nice little matches going on. Some for the title, one for a number one contender. It, it looks like it's going to be pretty decent. But let's start off with the kickoff match, which is going to be Kalisto versus Ryback once again. And we all know that when it came to WrestleMania, Kalisto really pulled a quick one on Ryback, who was overpowering him throughout most of the match. And then out of nowhere, the Salido del Sol came in and, well, Ryback lost. And ever since then, Ryback's been kind of ticked off about it. So starting off with Mr. Alexander, what do you feel is going to happen on this one? Mm-hmm. Who are you talking to? You, Billy Alexander. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm in the middle of emailing and I'm taking care of business as you always, man. I didn't even hear you. There's no speakerphone on this one. Okay, so Kalisto um, versus Ryback. Here, look, man. Kalisto versus Ryback. Probably one of the worst ideas for a match I've ever seen. But they've got to showcase the, the title somehow, right? They can't put it on somebody prominent. You can't put it on Ryback because no one's going to really give a damn that Ryback has the title. And Kalisto's that little filler guy who they just kind of throw out there and say, hey, look, here's a champion. Let's, you know, let's parade him around and blah, blah, blah. Plus, it helps the WWE get over on with the, uh, with, with the, what are, what's his nationality now? Um, oh, darn, what is it? Um, what's, what's the proper wording here so I don't get in trouble or have, a freaking meltdown outside of my town, or like they did at the Trump thing the other night. 
Uh, I know what you're going with on that. I'm not sure exactly the proper wording on it either, but I know where you're trying to go with that. Well, let's just... Anyway, the WWE put this match together just to fill a spot. They have a champion who doesn't deserve the title. Ryback sure as hell doesn't deserve the title. The U.S. championship belt has lost its, its luster. Amen. Hmm... 15 years ago? It, yeah, it's been kind of doled out. I mean, what's the point of even having it around anymore? My prediction is, is Callisto still keeps his little title, goes on, he'll eventually drop that title, probably back to Alberto Del Rio sometime down the line, since you know the League of Nations are no more, or whoever else is in line. Probably John Cena going to come back and get it. You know, he's not in the, the WWE title hunt no more. Yeah. But Ryback's not going to win a title. Kalista's going to keep it. I'm not looking forward to this match. I did not look forward to it at WrestleMania. Pre-show, par show, middle show, wherever they stuck the match. To tell you the truth, I didn't even watch the match. Mr. Leach, what do you think about all this? Now, i got to agree with Mr. Alexander here. The it's pointless having the United States Championship on Kalisto. One minute he's teamed with his good partner, Sin Cara. Going after the Tag Team Championship, there was a great spot in the ladder match where he hit the Salida del Sol through the ladder, off the top of another ladder. And a month later, Kalisto beats Alberto Del Rio for the United States Championship, and he has a little momentum going there. But then it just kind of stops at Fast Lane where it's a rematch. And then he faces Ryback at WrestleMania, which the people who went to WrestleMania, most of them, at least 75% of them, didn't even see the match because they were still trying to get in. I heard that there's people still trying to get in. They only got in in the middle of Jericho versus AJ Styles. But to my prediction, I think Ryback is going to win the championship. He's going to hold it for like a month until Extreme Rules, not even a month. And uh, he's going to lose it to God knows who, probably Kalisto again. Are you eating magic mushrooms on that Chaparro's pizza? Because you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> See, here's the thing for me. I have to completely agree with Mr. Alexander here. The U.S. Championship has lost its luster. It's lost its luster for a long time. I was glad when they tried to bring the luster back with the whole open challenge stuff. It gave some type of unique touch to it. But let's be honest. It didn't really do much glory for it. Um, Kalisto, yeah, it was cool seeing him get the title. I like Kalisto in, in general. But this whole little guy versus big guy, this David versus Goliath, or whatever you want to call it between Kalisto and Ryback, it's been done. Over and over and over again. I understand they're trying to push Ryback heel. I understand that Kalisto is going getting over really big with the fans. But like you said, this is just a, hey, we have to fill a spot for the pre-show. Let's just throw in Kalisto and Ryback again. Who cares? They're really not putting much effort in this. So it's, it's kind of a shame. With that being said, though... I am going to say Kalisto will hold the title. He will retain it. And eventually it will hopefully be dropped to somebody as well. And Kalisto and Sinkar can go back to going for the tag team titles. And hopefully whoever gets it next will try to make it prominent, worthwhile, and lustrous again. Although, honestly, I'm having a hard time seeing that happening. 
let's go up a little bit here to a feud that's just been developed. We have Baron Corbin versus Dolph Ziggler. Ziggler's been around for quite a while. I mean, he was even there back in the days of the Spirit Squad, for those who don't know. And then you have Baron Corbin, who just came out of NXT and has been pretty dominant, but has really set his sights on making Ziggler's life miserable. Mr. Leach, where do you feel on this one? Well, I've got to say, the past few feuds that Dolph Ziggler has had were very stale. I think the last really good feud that Dolph Ziggler had was probably against the authority with John Cena and Eric Rowan and Ryback and all them. Um, Honestly, I see Baron Corbin winning his first pay-per-view match on the main roster, and that's that. Okay. I have to, though, be a little bit of the devil's advocate here and just correct you saying technically the Under the Giant is considered a match, so he did win his first match already. But that's just me being devil's advocate. Yeah, true, true. Forgot about that. Mr. Billy Alexander, I want to hear your insight on this. Ziggler and Corbin. Dolph Ziggler has been shoved farther and farther and farther and farther and farther down the rung of the WWE ladder ever since they took the title away from him a long time ago. He doesn't have it anymore. He's too concussion prone. He's too injury prone. They stuck him in this deal with Baron Corbin just to get Baron Corbin over and get him in the roster and get him on the TV and give him somebody who can give him a run for his money, and that's Dolph Ziggler. I won't take nothing away from him because he is an entertainer, he is an athlete, and he is a hell of a wrestler. Baron Corbin is going to run wild all over Dolph Ziggler this entire feud. So, yeah, Baron Corbin's going to win. You know, I think I have to agree with you right there. You know, Ziggler, he's he's a very talented individual. I will not take anything away from him. But like you said, he has now became very injury-prone. He's kind of burned himself out a little bit per se. Um, you know, I like Ziggler. I really do. But let's be honest here. Like you said, they've been burning him down and just pushing him further and further down as much as they can to where you might as well just call him a jobber sometimes because that's how they treat him. Mm-hmm. Every now and then they'll give him a good push to, to make sure people realize he's still relevant. But like he's just at that just a little over jobber level sometimes it seems. And it's really kind of annoying. But then you have Baron Corbin. And honestly, if it wasn't for the fact that I know they would not do this, I would almost see this becoming a squash match. But it's not going to be a squash match. They wouldn't. They wouldn't insult Dolph Ziggler that much, I think. But still, Ziggler is going to lose to Baron Corbin. Baron Corbin's just going to become a very powerful, dominant force in the main roster. Now we also have another one that I'm looking forward to. This one's actually going to be kind of cool because these both are superstars who came from NXT, who know each other very well, and their feud has really gotten interesting, in my opinion. We've got Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. So, Mr. Billy Alexander, how do you feel about the KO versus Sami Zayn? I'm torn. Um, I've seen these guys back and forth everywhere they've been. Um, Sami Zayn was up and coming. Um, 
And then he had that one time where he walked out on Raw to take on the Open Challenge with John Cena and decided he wanted to celebrate a little bit with the crowd and, well, you know, come down with an injury. So he didn't get what he was actually supposed to be there for. So Kevin Owens gets on there and gets to take over this, gets to take over that and everything else. Now, here's the problem that lies in between this. These two can go in there and beat the living hell out of each other every single day, every single night, no matter if it's a house show, a pay-per-view, Raw, SmackDown, Superstars, main event, whatever else WWE actually has anymore. They could easily steal the show. It goes back and forth both ways. So to keep this a long-running feud, which I think is what's going to happen for just a little while, um, it's going to go back and forth. Okay, Kevin Owens is always going to win dirty. He, he's never going to get a clean win over over Sami Zayn. He's going to do some dirty tactics some way somehow. That's Kevin Owens. Sami Zayn is is so over with the crowd that it, it, it almost almost wants me makes me want to put my finger down my throat and gag because he's so over. I mean, as soon as the music hits or they even mention his name, the whole crowd's like, I mean, it's it's insane. If I have to choose, mm, I, I don't know because I have a feeling this is going to lead into extreme rules and somehow it's going to lead into probably a tables match or, or, or some other weird stipulation between these two. So I'm going to throw off the cuff and I'm, I'm not going to pick a winner here. I'm going to throw off the cuff and say that these two just go all balls of the wall, monkey wrench, beep, beep, beep since I can't say a lot of things on here because other people hear this, um, I'm going to say that they go just so far out that, that it becomes either a no contest or, or a double disqualification even. Uh, I don't think the ref can render an actual decision because this match is going to be one of those matches. I mean, these guys are going to have that feud at Extreme Rules. I can see it. I can feel it. I can smell it. It's a grudge match. It's going to happen. Who knows? It could be a last man standing match at Extreme Rules. I don't know. And don't take anything I'm saying here of a tables match or last man standing because that's not even been reported. And that's nowhere near what's been said by WWE for these two. Or if they're even going to face each other at this pay-per-view. So, disclaimer, so everybody doesn't freak out and think that that's what's going to happen here. That's just my prediction that no contest or a double DQ or, or something happens here. Because there's no winner in Sami Zayn at Payback. There's no winner with Kevin Owens at Payback. All right, Mr. Leach. All right, and Mr. Alexander, of course, he is right. This is a very heated rivalry. You saw when Sami Zayn came out as a surprise entrant in the Royal Rumble, he went right after Kevin Owens and beat the ever-living crap out of him and eliminated him. And uh, it's just been really heated. These guys have known each other for the past 15 years, however long they've known each other. They've faced each other in, back in Ring of Honor. And the night Sami Zayn won the NXT Championship, Kevin Owens came out to congratulate him and turn his back on him. So this thing's been going on for near two years now. And basically what I think is going to happen is Kevin Owens is going to take home to win. And that's that. All right. I'm going to go ahead and just say this right here, because we're all agreeing about it being one of the most heated rivalries at, for the time right now. But I'm going to say this. I almost want to put down money that this is going to be the match that steals the show. That's how much I have faith in this match. Because like you guys said, they're going to go all out. There is going to be pure chaos in this match. You're going to see a lot of great moves. You're going to see a lot of great things. And 
I like Zane. Zane's got a great charismatic personality. And I like Owens to an extent because even though Owens drives me nuts with all the times he's powdered out and left or whatever, when it gets down to it, when he actually fights, he is one of the most solid technical wrestlers they have right now in the wrestling industry for WWE or NXT or whatever. When it comes down to it, though, I would love to say that Billy Alexander is right about the no contest because that would be awesome. But I feel like I have to pick a person. So I'm going to go with Owens and he's going to do something that's going to tick off Sami Zayn so much that, of course, it is going to lead to extreme rules. And we're going to see some awesome stuff between these two. So I'm leaving that right there as it is. Now, one other thing, another wrestler I really like, well, two wrestlers I really like, and this is going to be a hard one for me. You have Dean Ambrose with the Ambrose Asylum and Chris Jericho with the highlight reel. These two have really been buttonheads for a lot. They kind of were buddies for a little bit there. And then ever since, well, even before the highlight reel was discontinued, these two have started to really butt heads and become quite the rivals. Mr. Leach, who are you going for with Dean Ambrose versus Jericho? I think Dean Ambrose is going to win this one because Dean Ambrose lost at WrestleMania. He was the last to be eliminated at the Royal Rumble after coming so close. And then lost at Fastlane, lost the Intercontinental Championship about a week before that. And so he's been on a little bit of a losing streak. Um, in his more major matches. So I think Dean Ambrose is going to win this, one, because of that, and two, because I think this is Chris Jericho's last match again for a while. He's going to go do his world tour with Fozzie or whatever after Sunday, do whatever he does, and we won't see him for at least another six months. All right. Mr. <laughs> Alexander, I can hear you laughing. I, I'm going to disagree with you there, Mr. Leach, because, yeah, you're right. Chris Jericho does come and, and do this, and he does that, and, and then he goes and, and he sings and plays his little instruments and drives around on his little tour bus and, and, and has his little band that's named after a, a stuffed bear from the Muppet Show. So here's the thing. These two guys are going to put on probably the second best match at this pay-per-view and I hope so because I'm not looking forward to a lot of matches in this pay-per-view except maybe these two that we're talking about and I don't think Sunday is going to be the send-off of Y2J I have a feeling that something's going to happen and we're going to see these guys go at Extreme Rules then then we may the end of Chris Jericho for that so-called six months that you're claiming that you know he usually does on his leg of tour and his bus driving and RV hopping and whatever else he does out there. Dean Ambrose, ever since coming out of the Shield, in my opinion, now don't get me wrong, there's been his ups, there's been his downs. I watched Dean Ambrose way before he ever mm-hmm. stepped foot in a WWE ring. He was one crazy. SOB mm-hmm. back then. And if you know what I'm talking about and you don't know what I'm talking about, I highly suggest you still go look it up on YouTube because, oh my God, Dean Ambrose is probably one of the craziest son of the guns I've seen today. He kind of reminds me 
Dean Ambrose kind of reminds me of a mixture of the depth-defying Mick Foley. He reminds me of the craziness of the homicidal, genocidal, and suicidal Sabu. <laughs> I also see a little bit of the Tasmaniac in Dean Ambrose. The, the thing about it is, is Chris Jericho isn't getting any younger. Okay? Chris Jericho is probably one of the few oldest guys that are still around. I don't really want to stray off and talk about those guys because we all know who they yeah. are. <laughs> Dean Ambrose's time needs to come and come now. Because if they're not going to put the shield back together anytime soon, if they're not really going to do anything with Seth Rollins when he returns, if they're not really going to do much with Roman Reigns, even though they're trying, they're damned it. Still, for some reason, trying to get something here for Roman Reigns. And it still isn't working. They've done everything you could possibly think of, and it just isn't working. But Dean Ambrose needs to leap over Chris Jericho. He needs to step into the main event. He needs to <clears throat> Superman punch his buddy, Roman Reigns. And Dean Ambrose needs to be wearing a WWE heavyweight championship belt. So you're going for Dean. I'm going to go with Dean Ambrose on this one. Yes. All right. Here's where I'm going with this, because I have to agree with you a little bit here, Mr. Alexander, that Jericho's time is not up. I see this going on to something with extreme rules as well. I seriously, I, I, I like Dean Ambrose, and I, I like your little analogy there of the mixture you gave. The only person you missed that we've had mentioned before is a little bit of Brian Pillman. So everything else you said, though, I, I see spot on. I have to agree with you. Now, with that being said, Dean Ambrose has been on a losing streak. He, he needs a break. He needs something that's going to help him get over. But this is not his playground. Not yet. So I'm really thinking that one way or the other, the veteran, the Ayatollah of Rock and Rolla, Y2J, is going to go over on this pay-per-view. He's going to do something very underhanded, do something very just completely cruel, unusual, whatever he does, that it's still going to make Dean Ambrose not want to give up. You know, for all I know, there may be some type of interference involved here, and that's going to play into the whole situation. But then we're going to get to Extreme Rules, and then Dean's finally going to go over and get that big push, and then we'll see if he does finally get a belt around his waist like he did in the past. Because honestly, I think Dean Ambrose would be an awesome champion. I definitely think that for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, that would be very entertaining to see it around Dean Ambrose's waist. I have to agree with you there completely. Speaking of titles, that's pretty much what we have left. So before we get to the, the actual belts, let's talk about the number one contender match for the WWE Tag Team Championship. Yeah, I'm not going to try to do too much of that. That's that's World Tag Team Championship there. Please. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> for, so it's for the number one contender slot. We have Enzo Amore and Big Cass versus the VOD Villains. Two teams, again, these guys came from NXT. These guys are phenomenal. I, I tell you, NXT breeds some of the best people out there. They really do get these guys 
up there to a higher level than we've seen before. So my whole thing here is, Mr. Alexander, which one are you going for here? Enzo Amore and Big Cass or the Vaude Villains? Hmm. You know, I wouldn't think I'd have to debate on this too long because I like both teams. I've watched them both debut in NXT. I've watched them all the way to where we're at for this weekend. So, with that being said, bada boom! The two realest guys in the room. I love it. How you doing? All right, Mr. Leach. Now here is one of the rare moments that I agree with Mr. Billy Alexander and so in big case. Wait a minute, what? Is it wait a minute, are you still recording? Oh yeah, we're still recording. This this is recording, oh, correct? Yeah. This will be on there. They're oh, all here that he's me, agreeing. Sure that <laughs> did, did, did I did I hear that correct? Oh yes. Mark it in your calendar. <laughs> it's a rare occasion, but yes, you all are gonna hear it live. I'm choosing Enzo and Big Cass. They are your next WWE Tag Team Champions. And because the VOD villains, I didn't think they were heel in NXT, at least last, like their last run in NXT. I didn't think they were quite heel, but apparently they're pushing them as, apparently they're pushing them as heel on the main roster. And this whole gimmick they have is dumb. They said when they win the tag team championship, not only are they going to party like it's 1899, but they're going to properly, with the correct enunciation, ask Enzo and Big Cass, how are you doing? So... Basically, Enzo and Big Cass, they're the new kids on the block. They're the cool kids on the block. How you doing? Enzo and Cass going to take home those titles, eh? You know, this is... Because they're certified genes. That's right. And, and bona fide stunts. teach that. And we're right here. We're all three of us are in agreement. You know, my wife, she likes the Vaude villains. She actually is rooting for them. But like I told her, I got to go with my guys, Enzo Amore and Big Cass. Because like you said, as good as they are, you can't teach that. Those guys are going to take this and they are actually going to give New Day a run for their money. And hopefully, I'm hoping we see some new champions when it comes to that match. It's time for that belt to change hands. All right. The Miz and Cesaro. Intercontinental Championship. Honestly, I'm kind of bummed that it's the Miz because I was so happy when Zack Ryder won the IC title at WrestleMania. But here we are. So, the Miz versus Cesaro. Mr. Leach, what do you think about this one? All right, so like you said, I was excited, too, when Zack Ryder won. I thought it was unexpected by everyone. Everyone thought he was going to finally get a big push that he really deserved. And what do they do? They give The Miz the championship the very next night on Raw, which is dumb. The Miz has been the Intercontinental Champion multiple times. He's been United States Champion, WWE Champion, Tag Team, whatever. Um, which basically makes him a Grand Slam champion. And um, 
here's what I think. The championship needs to go into some new hands. Someone who's never held the title before, and oh, hey, look, it's Cesaro. Cesaro has never held the championship before, and he's winning it this Sunday at Payback. I will bet money on it. And you know what? I think he will add some prestige back because he will. He has shown a history accepting John Cena's United States Open Challenge, fighting, defending for the uh, Tag Team Championship alongside Tyson Kidd. He can give us some really good classic wrestling matches. And I think that's what he's going to give us with this championship. And he's going to add at least a little bit more prestige to it and make people excited when they see that belt. All right. And just for the record, just so you know, you're correct. He is actually a Grand Slam champion, U.S. Intercontinental heavyweight and tag. He has made Grand uh, Grand Slam status. But now, Mr. Alexander, Miz versus Cesaro. Not too many people know the history between the Miz and Billy Alexander. Now, you're going to sit here and go, Hmm, what the hell are you talking about? Well, when the Miz got his first initial push back in the day of WWE, they happened to come to Springfield. You mean the Hoorah days? They all got to see him live. Well, during that time, me, myself, Billy Alexander had a nice little what we would call Twitter war back and forth with the Miz. I don't like The Miz. I never have liked The Miz. If I could be a reality TV star on some crappy MTV show, and I can get a chance to be a professional wrestler, and then I get handed the golden ticket for Mr. McMahon's Chocolate Factory and get to pick a belt that I get a wrestle for and become a champion, then that's something I would gladly like to do. But I don't like The Miz. I can't stand The Miz. I never have and I never will. The Miz came to Springfield. I was sitting ringside. I had my verbal things to say. He made mention of a few himself. But that's in the past. This is now. Cesaro has nothing to do in the WWE. His tag team partner may never wrestle again. And that is a damn shame. Exactly. Because Tyson Kidd and Cesaro would have went on to be one of the greatest tag team champions in WWE history. It's a very, very damn shame. Cesaro himself is coming off an injury. But Cesaro's hungry. He's been hungry the whole time he's been here. And this right now is a chance for Cesaro. And my God, you better mark this on your calendar because it's no doesn't going to happen twice in, in one night ever again. But Cesaro is going to walk into payback. He's going to slap the Miz. Not once, not twice, but multiple times. We're going to see the Cesaro swing and a few other things. And you're going to have a new WWE Intercontinental Champion. And that man's name is none other than Cesaro. All right. 
first of all, I have to agree with you about Cesaro and Tyson Kidd. I felt like when they were together, they could have easily became the next Hart Foundation, like Anvil Neidhart and Bret Hart was. They worked so well together. They got over so well together. They were great. Now, with that being said, I didn't like The Miz at first. Then I got to like him a little bit with the whole, you know, I'm The Miz and I'm awesome gimmick. Then he got to this whole movie star status, and it just went downhill from there for me. He became just annoying. It wasn't that he became arrogant. And I don't like arrogant. It didn't anything like that. It was just he was just not entertaining anymore. So with that being said, I, I do agree that it is going to be the Swiss Superman's time. I do think that we're going to see the Cesaro swing. We're going to see probably a sharpshooter. We're probably going to see a lot of uppercuts because that's what the Swiss Superman does. But I also think that we're going to see the Miz's wife who, well, in my opinion, she's not that attractive like they talk her up to be, but we're going to see her try to get involved and we're going to see a surprise because Zack Ryder or even Zack's dad will somehow show up to put her in her place and put her in check. Thus the payback that's well overdue on that part. So, yes, Cesaro is going to become our next intercontinental champion. Two things I want to add to that. Go for it. You only said that about Maurice because your wife's standing around. Nope, she's in the other room. (laughs) And two, I'm going to call it right now. I'm going to go out and I'm going to call it. Cesaro wins the WWE Intercontinental Championship with the sharpshooter. But he's going to make the Miz tap out. And it'll be dedicated to his best friend, his brother, and his former partner, Tyson Kidd. There you go. So you're reading you're reading my mind here. I'm pretty sure you just stole my idea right out of my brain. Because no. that's exactly what I was thinking. No. Nah, trust me. You know why? If my wife was around me, because too, I would tell her. Billy it. Alexander has the inside scoop on everything. And Billy yes. Alexander doesn't steal ideas from anybody's head. Well, you know now, what? Your ears may have burnt. Your brain may have itched. But it wasn't because I stole anything from your thought process. My, my, my name is the analyst, and I analyze things, and I analyzed that you stole my idea. Now, boys, we but can anyway, measure this all later on and see who's got the bigger cojones. It don't matter right now. We've still got two matches and one more big key factor to worry about. Plus, I have a special question for Mr. Alexander in a little bit here, too. Let's. Hey, Mr. Leach. Yeah? I got two words for you. Can you guess what they are? Suck it. <laughs> I, I thought it was going to be Powerbomb. <laughs> Choke slam. All right. So anyway, next match. Since we since we mentioned the sharpshooter, let's talk about the women's championship. Charlotte, with Ric Flair at her side, are, is going against and defending her title against Natalia Neidhart with Brett the Hitman Hart at her side. Go ahead, Mister Alexander. Let's hear what you have to say on this one. Well. Man, um, have you guys have you guys been seeing all the things that Brett's been saying lately? Yeah, 
You yeah. should know this. I follow Brett big time. He's my hero. Okay, you sound like somebody I know that's really close to the PWA family, but I'm not going to mention his name on your podcast. <laughs> you know, I don't, I don't want his ears ringing and him make a phone call. Like, who are you talking about me? You talking about me? I'm relevant. <laughs> All the things that Brett's been talking about lately and been saying. I mean, I even saw a report that said that Brett said out of his own mouth he doesn't want to be there. I I read that too. But here's the thing. There's no other dominant female in the WWE currently right now that can go toe-to-toe. You're going you're gonna to disagree with me when I say this, and that's fine. And give daddy's little girl, Charlotte, a real run for her money. And it isn't Sasha Banks. And it's not Becky Lynch, and it's not the pasty white little girl Paige, which I think is Seamus' sister from some other foreign land. <laughs> some sort of parallel universe, yeah. Time space continuum was messed up somewhere. It is Natalia. <laughs> it is Natalia. It is her time. She needs what we are seeing come along for this weekend. She needs to have a WWE Women's Championship buckled around her waist. She needs to have something like this. And this is her time. My problem with this is, is that you have the 16-time heavyweight champion, Daddy, Mr. Moneybags, well, maybe not anymore because he's had to give a lot of it away to pay a lot of fines and a lot of other things. <laughs> Divorces, but whatnot. Mr. I can't stay out of the hotel and airplane bars. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Woo! Mr. Ric Flair in her corner. And you all know that Ric Flair is the dirtiest player in the game. He has been for over three decades. Yeah. Natalia needs to walk out of payback with a WWE women's title around her waist. Will Natalia walk out of payback with a WWE women's title around her waist? Unfortunately, no. Unfortunately, no. Natalia does not walk away with a title on her waist. Unfortunately, Ric Flair is going to play a hand somewhere, somehow. Charlotte's going to get the win. Charlotte's going to retain. And it's not because I like that that's going to happen. It's not that I want that to happen. I can just see what's going to happen. And it sucks. It sucks real bad. It's something Natalia's been looking for for many of years. Here it is. It's being served to her on a silver platter. You just have to take the dome off the top, cut a slice, take a bite, and she can have that title. Unfortunately with the power between Charlotte and her father, the nature boy, Ric Flair. I don't see Natalia walking out of payback with a WWE women's title. Unfortunately, and I hate to say it, I don't see Natalia winning a WWE women's title at all this year. As long as Charlotte has that title, as long as daddy is in her back pocket. 
Good analogy there. Good, uh, good little insight there, Mister Leach. Now you had to make these moments rare where we agree, Mister Alexander, because I think it's either tonight or Extreme Rules. Either one that Natalia steals the women's championship, and for only one reason, this is the second match of this rivalry. A rivalry will most usually go on for three matches. Well, considering that I'm pretty sure all three of us are going to WWE Live here where we live on May 27th, and one of the scheduled matches is Natalia versus Charlotte, I'm going to go ahead and say it's either this Sunday or Sunday, May 22nd, Natalia steals the women's mm-hmm. championship. And I'll tell you what, Daddy, Daddy isn't the only factor here anymore. Brett the Hitman Hart, Natalia's uncle, is here too. And I think if Nat, if Daddy tries to get involved, Mr. Hart mm-hmm. is going to lock in that sharpshooter for old time's sake. Maybe. Maybe, maybe not, because he's just recently had a wrist surgery and he might not be able to, and he may not want to hurt it, but there's a good chance that he will lock in the sharpshooter to Mr. Priest's enjoyment. But that's not the only thing that's the issue with Bret Hart. Exactly. He just come, he just come back from fighting the biggest thing in your life, which is cancer. Yep. True. Okay? Bret Hart, Bret Hart is is known for for issues all along throughout his WWE career. I mean, the man had a stroke and barely even came back to the world like he is today. I don't see Bret Hart getting involved like you think he is. Yeah, he may run over and pull slick rip foot, or he may, you know, run over and do this or do that. But I don't see Bret Hart being the biggest factor in this match. As you think he will, and that's that, that's that's a problem because man, now, I, I, now, I just don't see now, it. Now you see, I don't think Bret Hart's going to be the biggest factor. I think he's just going to stop Ric Flair from interfering. Yeah, maybe he'll go over, pull Ric Flair down off the apron, and I, I'm just saying that maybe he'll put on the sharpshooter. Not saying that he's going to 100% lock in Natalia's win. I'm just saying, me and Priest both, I'm sure, would enjoy seeing the sharpshooter locked in on Rick Flair. Well, let me put my little two cents in on this, because this is going to be a good match. I, I always enjoy these matches. And I do agree a little bit with Mr. Alexander that this needs to be Natalia's time. This needs to be her defining moment. And honestly, if Natalia doesn't get it, it's going to be really hard to see any of the other women ever take that title away from Charlotte until she becomes very washed down, washed out, like what happened with the Bellas. So I really do think that if anything's going to happen, it needs to happen now. So that way it doesn't damage Charlotte in the long run, as well as Natalia is the first third generation female wrestler in the WWE roster, the only female to graduate from the dungeon. 
And let's be honest here. I don't see Bret Hart getting too involved. I see maybe him pulling the uh, Slick Rick off from the ringside. I see maybe what will happen is Ric Flair will do a few little things here and there to cause distractions. But finally, Brett will have enough of it, pull him down, give him one stiff punch. Ric Flair is good at really one major thing besides the figure four, knowing how to bump and bump really well. And that's exactly what you're going to see is he's going to flatten out. Ric Flair It's going to freak out Charlotte and all that's going to happen. Do do I like Charlotte? Yeah. Just like I like Becky Lynch. Just like I like Paige. You know, Sasha Banks isn't bad either. She's not one of my favorites, but she's pretty awesome. But I will disagree with you, Mr. Alexander, and say that this belt deserves to be on a queen. And we're talking about the queen of hearts. She will get that belt. And when she gets that belt, I will see her the following night in St. Louis Walking down, proudly displaying that belt around her waist. So, with that being said... You realize that when I'm sitting at home and I'm watching Natalia walk down the aisle the next night without a WWE Women's Championship, I want to call you. And I'll do a video message so that you can see my face go... I told you so. <laughs> I won't answer until after Raw. I'll, like I said, I'll be there live, so. Yeah, you can keep on bragging all you want. Yeah. Hey, it was, uh, my choice was either to go to the Raw right after Payback or to go to the one here in Springfield. Yeah, it wasn't that tough of a choice. Of course, I'm going to pick the one that's with that Raw right after Payback. So, back to the last match on the card. Roman Reigns versus AJ Styles. Now, this has been kind of interesting because as much as I keep having Roman Reigns saying, I'm not a good guy, I'm not a bad guy, I'm just the guy, it sounds like they're trying to push him a little bit towards the heel direction. But then you have the team, or the friends of AJ Styles, the Bullet Club, if I remember correctly, is what they used to be called, doing a lot of heelish tactics against Reigns and Usos. So I really don't know who is supposed to be the heel here, who's supposed to be the face here. It's like somebody just threw a bunch of confetti in the air and said, hey, where it lands, it lands. So, Mr. Leach, with your analysis, where do you think is going on here and who do you think is going to take home the title? All right. So, you know, we've done a lot of thinking here. I'm slightly torn. In reality... Yes, Roman Reigns is clearly most likely going to retain the championship. But then there's a lot of people having this little fantasy in their mind, yeah, AJ Styles is going to win. No. he's Roman Reigns has held the title for like a month and five days, or a month and five minutes. So what I think is going to happen AJ Styles is in the middle of the main event. He's about to hit the phenomenal forearm. Roman reverses it into a spear. Covers AJ right when the referee's hand is about to hit three. Gallows and Anderson come in, cause a disqualification, yada, yada, yada. And now Dean Ambrose will probably be coming off a good win here. So I think Dean Ambrose is going to run down. 
either Dean Ambrose or the Usos because they're not on the card. So maybe the Usos, and they get taken out by Gallows and Anderson. Ambrose comes down, tries to save him, and there's rumors that there's a certain man going to be backstage, certain former WWE world champion, and I think he's going to run down And his name. No, it's not John Cena like you're thinking, Mr. Alexander. His name is Seth freaking Rollins. I think he's going to come down, make his grand return, help Dean Ambrose, help Roman Reigns, reform the Shield, and eventually face the Bullet Club. You know, and speaking of Gallus and Anderson and the Usos, I wouldn't be surprised if that becomes a quick fill-in match in the card. It's not official right now, but don't be surprised if that does happen, guys. Because I think, if I remember right, I think I overheard one of the commentators say something about them having a match even though it's not officially there so I think that they may have accidentally did a spoiler alert there so anyway Mr. Alexander I want to see your insight on this WWE World Heavyweight Championship match first off Robert Leach remind me when I see you Saturday at the Toga Steve Memorial Tournament that I have a slight little conversation with you (laughs) I knew who you were talking about and I knew that it wasn't John Cena okay the brothers as you call them they're they're all slowly coming into WWE you have Balor you have Nakamura (laughs) you have the phenomenal one. You have Gallows and Anderson. I mean, the, the family is slowly, slowly taking that long plane from way across the way and landing in the WWE. Now, the thing that WWE is going to have an issue with they're still trying to figure out, and I've talked about it earlier, still trying to figure out how to get Roman Reigns over so that people will like him and and cheer for him, unlike the five that do. They're 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 stuck in a dilemma. They're they're putting a so called face in the ring with a title on the line with a fan favorite. Which would be a face, right? You would you would think AJ's a face too, right? Unfortunately, AJ's not winning a WWE World Heavyweight Championship at Payback. But I do see Roman Reigns retaining the WWE World Heavyweight Championship because of what Mr. Leach spoke of earlier is I see the brothers making an appearance once again and I see the air quotes here, you can't see them but I can, air quotes the phenomenal one becoming the dastardly one because AJ Styles is going to join his brethren we're going to see some form of the Bullet Club or the Balor Club or 
or whatever you want to call it. And it's going to happen. And Roman Reigns, he may walk away with a title around his shoulder or his pinky finger or dragging it behind him when he's dragging his carcass up the ramp after getting his ass kicked. But extreme rules will fastly be approaching. And we will see a match that's going to go to the point where either of these men can easily walk out with a title. Roman Reigns will retain at payback. AJ Styles, I do believe, will turn heel and join his brethren. We will see that so-called faction. Now, you want to talk about how Seth Rollins is supposed to be backstage and how Seth Rollins may come out and how Dean Ambrose may come out and help their brother from the Shield. But you got to look at it the other way. Is I, I've been I've, I've I've heard some things recently to where we may see the the revival. No pun intended to that group, but you may see the revival of a long lost style of a match. They will make its debut in WWE, and I hope that it will, because I enjoyed watching this type of warfare years ago. And I have a feeling that after all this culminates, that we may see the Shield back together. And they may step in with one more side to step in there against AJ Styles and Gallows and Anderson and one of their brothers. Could it be Balor? Could it be Nakamura? Could it be somebody else flying over from that long journey? And we could see three formations of probably one of the most brutal matches in wrestling history. And I hope it happens because I miss watching that style of warfare. Now, notice I haven't said what the name of it is, but I've hinted enough by saying the word warfare to hope that either of you two would understand where I'm going. Oh, easily. No, no, I've read this too. And it is going to be... It's going to be... It's going to be phenomenal if that were to happen on a WWE pay-per-view. So, you asked the question, I gave you the answer. Roman Reigns will retain. It won't be great, it won't be grand. We may see a surprise, we may see a, a person in, 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 in tow, we may see all kinds of shenanigans. And that's how your WWE World Heavyweight title is going to end for the night of payback. Is it's going to walk out around the waist of Roman Reigns one more time. You know, I, I like your thoughts on that and everything else. I have to agree and disagree at the same time here because, A, I think it'd be great to see Rollins come out. I, I've always thought it'd be kind of funny after a match to see Rollins come out and point at whoever is crowned the champion and say, that belongs to me. Because after he was injured and they did a report with him, he pretty much said that's exactly what he's going to try to do when he gets himself healthy again. Now, like I said before, when, when they do this whole thing of, I'm not the good guy, 
I'm not the bad guy. I'm just the guy. I feel like they realize they can't win with the cheers. So they're finally slowly forcing Roman Reigns to go heel and accept the booze. Um, granted, like I said, the way that Gallus and Anderson are acting, it's very heelish. But I almost see them making them a neo-NWO, if you get my drift there. They're trying to make them go against the grain and be liked by everyone, even though it's not working just yet. Um, I see this match breaking down pretty simple to kind of what I've seen some people put in theories and rumors, where Roman will retain the title. He He's going to have it still, at least after this pay-per-view. And we're going to see the fed-up Usos, Roman Reigns, and maybe Ambrose, maybe Rollins, who knows, maybe both of them, form a faction. And because Roman has the belt, it'll be something like the Roman Empire. And you're going to have them have that big old team of people against the team of people with the Bullet Club or whoever. I, I keep referring to the Bolt Club because that's why I know people know the whole group together of, like you said, the people who've made the long trip from overseas. Um, would I like to see part of that be with Balor? Of course, I like Balor. Balor's a very entertaining guy, and he's just flat out awesome. I like watching him wrestle. Uh, Sinsuke, Sinsuke is pretty talented. He, he kind of weirds me out a little bit. I don't know why. He just does. But overall, I, I see the pretty much the same concept you're saying, that it's going to be a war zone down the road, no matter how you slice it. And this is not going to be over at payback. There is going to be a huge war zone. It, it's going to be pretty much, you know, mm. one of my favorite things that I've ever heard. I can't. I think it was from a video game is when they said war is hell and it's gonna feel like that by the time this is all said and done so i i really do see that but for right now they're gonna let reigns keep the title and i think as we're seeing it's gonna slowly corrupt him he'll become the next big heel and because people are so over with styles eventually it's gonna get the rest of styles's buddies over as well even though they do go against the grain so there's my thoughts on it. Like I said, I kind of agree with you, but I got to twist it a little bit different because I see it going a different direction slightly. Now, one last thing before we get done with the actual payback pay-per-view. We know, thanks to Stephanie, that she said that Vinnie Mac, Vince McMahon, is going to announce which McMahon child is going to get control of Raw. Plain and simple, what do you feel about this? Starting off with Mr. Alexander. Well, we all know that <clears throat> Shane hasn't been around in a long time. Shane made his departure years ago, and Shane went on to be a very successful businessman in another type of venture. We've had to deal with little Miss Princess Stephanie McMahon ever since she was 16 years old. Um, unfortunately, we've, we've had to deal with Triple H for many of years as well. Um, I, I like the idea of Shane O'Mac coming back because it was, a, it was a surprise. I mean, nobody knew it. No one's seen it. It just kind of happened. 
Um, the stipulation they stuck Shane with was, was probably the dumbest thing I've ever seen because they just went right around and decided that, oh, well, that stipulation never existed because Shane's ran Raw for three weeks. Yeah, ever since. Um, I, I, I like the whole fact of the I'm the billionaire princess and my husband will kick your ass. I get it, okay? We understand. You get the most heat out of anybody on the roster, okay? We get it. That's what you're supposed to do. Everybody's supposed to hate you. You need somebody for the fans to love and to look for, and that's Shane O'Mac. Now, the decision for Daddy-O to come up with between is it going to be Shane to get to stay, is it going to be Stephanie and Triple H to come back, however that ends up. Unfortunately, I happen to see down the line that if Shane really wants to stick around for a while because he has nothing really going on, Shane's going to have to go through Hunter Hurst Helmsley to get exactly what he wants. I don't see Shane walking away if he steps in there with Triple H. Um, unfortunately, I see Shane leaving on a backboard and wheeled out by paramedics. I see Shane doing not only death-defying stunts of jumping off scaffoldings or titantrons or, or cages or, or whatever it is that they have at that time. I don't think Shane O'Mac has exactly what it takes to be able to survive to get through Stephanie and possibly her husband, Triple H, to continue on what he's doing. I would love for Shane to stay around for a while. He entertains the hell out of me. He always has. I'm sick of seeing the billionaire princess come out and run her mouth and slap people. I'm tired of Triple H coming out and to be this big bad son of a gun, but all of a sudden now i got to wrestle. Or oh, I'm going to be champion, then i got to wrestle. And then I got to do this, and then I got to do that. Dude, just go sit behind the scenes and run NXT and, run, and, and, and do daddy's business. Okay? Leave it to the people that need it, and leave it to the people that deserve it. So, I can't really give an answer if it's going to be Stephanie or if it's, it's going to be Shane, because I got a feeling it's going gonna, it's gonna to drag out and it's going to turn into something more than, than what we really want to see or, or anything like that. So, I don't have an answer for that. We're just going to have to wait and see. All right. Mr. Leach. All right. So I've been pondering this ever since this was announced that Vince will decide which of his children run wrong. And there was this old storyline where things were revealed and all that kind of good stuff, you know, whatever. And I think Vince McMahon is going to choose his son. No, Stephanie McMahon, not going to run Raw. And, uh, of course, you're going to be like, well, how's it going to be a son? After I say this, Shane McMahon's not going to run Raw. The man that's going to run Raw is the man that was revealed to be Vince McMahon's son years back, Hornswoggle. You really do go way out left field sometimes. I'm just telling you right now. 
You need to stop eating that poisonous Chapardo's pizza. I haven't had a piece of that. I haven't had that pizza at all yet. I'm about to go in there as soon as Mr. Alexander stops blabbing his mouth so darn much. Well, I'm going to put it right out here like this. I like Shane. I like that he's the face that people really turn to. He's the beacon of light, the beacon of hope, just like the authority is the the misery, the doubt, the everything else. They, they both play their cards very well. I'm going to say that when it breaks down to it, Vince is going to pick Shane. And why? Because somehow, either A, he's going to make a statement about the ratings being better ever since Shane returned, or B, Little Miss Linda, who everybody seems to have forgotten, is going to have some type of say in this, too. Because hell hath no fury like a woman scorned. And I have a feeling Linda is not one he wants to trifle with. So just going with that. Now, on that note, though, here's what I see Vince doing after he rewards Shane Monday Night Raw. Well, you can have Monday Night Raw, but I'm giving the authority SmackDown. And what are we going to have? We're going to have back to the good old days of Raw versus SmackDown. Back when the ratings were really good. Back when the roster was actually split so they weren't overworked and had so many injuries all the time. I mean, right now the injury list is almost as big as the active roster. If they break it down a little bit, maybe, just maybe, we won't have this problem. So Vince has half a brain. He'll probably go that direction. Just saying. But you've got to remember, this is Vince McMahon, and like you brought up, yes, there is a lot of people gone off of this roster, which brings me to what I'm about to say here, which is how could you do a brand split if you already have a very depleted roster and can barely put on three hours of Raw? How are you going to do half of your guys three hours of Raw and half of them two hours of They've actually been talking a long time about wanting to eventually bring back Raw to two hours and keep SmackDown at two hours. It's been a lot yeah. of talk in the works. They and they'd to, have to. I'm tired of sitting there and falling asleep in the middle of Raw because <laughs> it's three hours of garbage. And they'd have to redo their whole USA Network deal, which they're actually thinking about doing anyway. Because the contract's I almost up anyway, so they have to redo it. Yeah, and I read that they're offer. They're thinking about offering. A special fourteen ninety nine version of the WWE Network, where you get to watch Raw the very next night after it airs. Uh, same with SmackDown, which that's all the details I've heard about it. Yeah, they they're yeah, doing but a lot it of talk. Also, it would also make them redo their contract, not only with just USA but Hulu as well. Yeah. Well, like I said, though they've they've got the ability to do it. It, it. To me, it would be financially the smartest move on their part because if you don't, if you have more injured wrestlers than active wrestlers, you're kind of screwing yourself. Even no matter how many fans you have, and honestly, they can make it work. Especially if they cut back the hours on Raw, I, I really do think that they could make it work. Personally, on that note, though, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, McMahon. All the McMahons have always had some type of curveball situation where when you think you get them, you don't. They, they are very unpredictable at times. Now, with that being said, that's the whole card for payback. 
But before I wrap this up, I just got one thing from Mr. Billy Alexander, the inside man, the guy who's always got the scoop. Is there anything that you want to let the listeners hear and know about for tomorrow's great show, the Toga Steve Memorial Tournament with Pinfall Wrestling Association? I know I'm going to be there. I'm excited because I know a little bit of details, but go ahead and tell, tell people about this. You know, Let them know about it so they have some insight. The Toga Steve Memorial Tournament is a tournament that's not only a great wrestling show in itself, but it's a very special show, and it means a lot, not only to all of us guys that work in TWA, but for his family and, and for some of the fans who know who Toga Steve Fisher was. Toga Steve Fisher was a pioneer back in the day when Central Illinois wrestling was at its highest peak, okay? Toga Steve, unfortunately had had left this world at a very young age. We we were we were fixing on going into a show uh, and we received news that um, Toga Steve Fisher had passed. Um, we were already involved in getting started. So the next show that we had we decided to dedicate that show to the memory of Toga Steve Fisher. We decided from then on that due to the circumstances that were, due to the circumstances that had surrounded um, all of this, we decided that our annual April show would be named the Toga Memorial Tournament, where the first year, you saw eight of the greatest PWA wrestlers at the time step in a tournament format and wrestle each other all the way down to two guys left. You all know, who's all been around it, Zero Hype Guy Smith became the very first Toga Steve Memorial Tournament winner. We decided that we would continue this because it was such a success and we enjoyed doing it. And we brought on the second annual Toga Steve Memorial Tournament. And what better way, not only to honor the man's presence that was standing above us the whole night of the tournament, but to bring his legacy and, and cement that. When the young thriller, Derek Moss, became the second winner of the Toga Steve Memorial Tournament, a brother of Toga Steve, uh, 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 an apprentice, as you will, of Toga Steve and the SOB. This year, we've taken on the third annual Toga Steve Immortal Tournament, which will happen tomorrow night live from Lancaster High School. This year's tournament, as you all know, the spotlight, Spencer Powers, the commissioner of PWA, made the announcement back at Gold Rush that this year's tournament will be a tag team tournament. There's a lot of great tag teams inside of PWA, and they all get to showcase that talent tomorrow night live in Landfear. We already know the Carnival will be there. We already know the new crop has entered in a tournament. We know PWA tag team champions, the Alliance, Jonathan Magnus and Michael Shard have filled their names in. 
And as of today, we all saw the gold rush when he accepted the handshake, but it's been finalized as you saw it today. The PWA heavyweight champion, Zerhot Guy Smith, will stand alongside the PWA regional champion, the young thriller Derek Moss, the man who was mentored by Toga Steve. And they will work together as a tag team in this tournament tomorrow night. We've also known, and I've heard, I've heard it from the men themselves, that the PWA tag team champions, the Hot Boys, Benz and Scotty Cash, will be in that tournament tomorrow night. I have not seen an official word from PWA executive, but I have heard from both men over the phone that they will be in this tournament. Now, that's only a few of the names. Oh, the six foot seven, four hundred and seventy-five pounds of pure raging Cajun Mississippi madman, and his little buddy Casey Jackson are also in this tournament. Folks, if if you want to see some of the greatest tag teams in Central Illinois, inside of PWA itself, then you need to come to Landfear High School tomorrow night. Get yourself a ticket. Sit down and enjoy a very long and very exciting night of PWA Wrestling when we present the third annual Toga Steve Memorial Tournament in a tag team tournament this year. A lot of a lot of names are in this tournament. A lot of really good teams in this tournament. I'm going to throw my prediction. I'm going to throw my prediction before the rest of the teams are even named. But my prediction is that we will see the emergence of the winner of the tag team tournament tomorrow night to be none other than your PWA tag team champion, Scotty Cash and Benz, the Hot Boys. That's my prediction. But there's so many names and so many teams going to be in this tournament tomorrow. If, if, if there's only one show a year that you make it to the PWA, this would be one of those shows. This is a very emotional and a very exciting show, all wrapped into one. We go out there with heavy hearts. We go out there with the thoughts of our long-lost friend and brother on our shoulders. He's watching over us the whole night from start to finish. And if you pay real close attention and you look inside of that ring when they raise the hands of the winner tomorrow night, you may just see a glimpse of a smiling man. And that smiling man giving us the thumbs up to say another great show guys thank you and i love you now with all that being said i do gotta do a slight correction on that because you mentioned some of the greatest teams in the area you mentioned some of the greatest teams of pwa but you gotta remember that we're talking talking just teams all of these individuals and this is me speaking personally if you want to see great wrestlers period from the central illinois area there's no better place to go to than Pinfall Wrestling Association. I have checked out other areas. I've been around. But I, time after time that I've come to these shows, especially at my home area of Lanfear High School, I never leave displeased. I am always happy to see what happens. They give you guys excellent matches, excellent quality. And the first one I came back to when I, when I came to start my podcast and came to you guys to do my first review, I believe it was last year's Toga Steve tournament, and it was phenomenal. It was incredible. I loved it. I could not stop typing. I 
I believe I showed you my whole post before I even actually posted it. And you're like, you're going to put that whole thing. That's super long. And I was like, well, yeah, it's, it's pretty awesome. My call on this one, I'm going with a new crop. Those boys have really impressed me. I'm rooting for them to win this one. A good choice. Those kids, those kids are, those kids are graduates from the Pinfall Academy, which is a training center for PWA. Um, Jake Lander and Roscoe. Um, these guys have done nothing but climb and climb and climb and climb even higher than they could possibly climb. What better way to get to that that mountaintop before they would step in and try to reach for tag team gold, and none other to win? the Toga Steve Memorial Tournament as a tag team. I mean, that would that would push them even further to succeed and to reach farther and try to grab what they've wanted since the day they came out. Absolutely. Do you have any little thoughts on this real quick, Mr. Leach? You guys have said exactly what I'm thinking. The Hot Boys or Jake Lander and Roscoe, the new crop. Of course, there is the good possibility that Zero Hype Guy Smith and the young thriller Derek Moss will be able to coincide at least for this one night and add their names to the winner's plaque a second time. But I think there's a greater chance that a newer tag team or your current biggest tag team in PWA right now, the tag team champions, the Hot Boys, Benz, and Scotty Cash are going to pull out the win. Guys, I, I got to ask you, though. What in the hell are we going to do if the winners of these tournaments tomorrow is Moondog Pongo or Ian McManus <laughs> or Pata oh, Cardini? Hey. Maybe I like the carnival the too. I can't. I can't deny that. I like the carnival. They are interesting. They do entertain me. So I don't know. I've had to do interviews with Hatta. I don't like oh, doing geez. interviews with Hatta. He his purple minion bite. Oh, I bet he doesn't understand sure the meaning of a handshake. I sure as hell don't want to have to do an interview with Hatta and Cardini Boat if they were to win the tournament tomorrow night. Yeah, I've witnessed this. Don't ever offer to shake Hatta's hand. Or if Hatta offers to shake your hand, just say, how are you doing? Don't don't shake his hand because he'll about pull your arm out of socket. Well, then, Mr. Yeah. Alexander, all I can say is make sure you're wearing some type of protective gear, Kevlar gloves, something to keep you safe. But, guys, I got to wrap this puppy up. First of all, we just had the great predictions on the card for WWE Payback, which is this Sunday. I want to thank my two guests, Mr. Leach, the analyst, Robert Leach, and, of course, the inside scoop man, the person who does definitely get the best interviews for PWA, Mr. Billy Alexander. Thank you both so much for being my guest. You can't have a great prediction panel without, without the analyst, of myself, course. Billy Alexander. Oh, you, you were going to say, I was going to say me. Uh, well, yes, tomorrow night, of course, Toga Steve Memorial Tournament, Sunday, payback. And uh, it's up to one man, and that's the host of this um, podcast, 
if I will be doing commentary alone or alongside a certain priest. Uh, we'll have to still see what's going on. I know I'm going to be pretty uh, busy with a few other things I'm doing, too. But before I get to that, let me just say this again. Thank you guys so much. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Prediction Panel. And again, tomorrow, Saturday, we are talking about on April 30th is the Toga Steve Memorial Tournament hosted by Pinfall Wrestling Association. If you are in the Springfield, Illinois area, you better get on over. I promise you you're going to have a great show, and it's going to be worth it. There's no other way I can describe it. This is going to be phenomenal. You'll see Billy Alexander there. Like he said, he will be interviewing the winner. He will also probably be doing a few other little interviews here and there, as well as just making sure that the fans are having a good time. Mr. Analyst Robbie Leach, he is the one who does the commentating. Yours truly, of course, I will always be doing a review on this thing. I may be joining Mr. Leach. I haven't really decided yet. Like I said, my everything's up in the air right now, but it is going to be great. So I hope to see you all there, and I hope you all definitely have a great night. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Sleeper Hold Podcast. Don't forget to visit our website at thesleeperhold.com. Comment on episodes, read our blog, find information about our quarterly charity, and more. See you next week.